0: This is about having fun, because at the end of the day, if you step back, we're trying to do something quite daft, aren't we? We're trying to make a board, react on moving water at great speed. (laughs) (laughs) Um, it's It's just a ton of fun at the end of the day.
1: Monday, May 18th, 2020. Sup, everyone. I'm Paul Clark. Sup, Paul. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm in the North Cascades heading up to the Metau River Valley. The sky is blue, the birds are chirping, the rivers are full. In this episode, however, we're having a conversation with Emma Love in the United Kingdom. She's one of three river paddleboard coaches, instructors in the entire country. We're talking to her about her background as a paddler, her perspective of river paddling in particular and her optimism for this future of the sport. Without further ado, Emma Love. Emma Love, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing?
0: I'm good, Paul. Great to speak to you. Thanks.
1: Where are you?
0: I am in the UK, United Kingdom. I'm based in the East Midland. I live just outside of the city of Nottingham which is i guess you guys would know through the movies you know the sheriff of Dottenham and robin hood that stuff will kind of happen around here if it ever happened but yeah that's where that's where we are
1: do you have any bows and arrows or anything to to celebrate the the folklore uh, history no, that you have
0: possibly, but i have tried archery i i hold my hand up to that <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I reached out to you because of the voice you have in the whitewater paddleboarding community in England. For my audience who doesn't know you, give a, a brief bio: who you are, how you've gotten into paddleboarding, and your background as a as a river paddler. Oh,
0: okay, so much to tell you, isn't there? That's a big question. So, <laughs> okay, so I, I, um, oh wow, it's been such an exciting year, really. So. I recently uh, qualified as a whitewater stand-up paddleboarder coach,
1: Great.
0: Um, and I am one of three, only only three of us exist, British Canoeing-recognized coaches exist in the UK at the moment, um, and that's alongside uh, Barry Hughes and Louise Royal, who you paddle with, I believe, is that correct? I know
1: Louise, yes, Louise, <laughs> we yeah, paddled you're very- in, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so, the amazing Louise. Um, so, um, but I'm, I'm kind of even more unique than them. I'm going to say that now. Um, so, I am pure SUP. So, I, I don't have any other padding background at all. So, I literally, you know, came on, got on the flat and then progressed over to Whitewater.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I am also recently been appointed an ambassador for British canoeing. And that's, um, we're called a She Paddles ambassador. So there we are um, kind of appointed for a year. I'm one of 10 women. And uh, it's kind of exciting because it's really to help promote paddle sports to women Mm -hmm. in the UK. Um, And that's through online and doing clinics and things like that. So that's gonna be a pretty exciting year once we come out of lockdown and can get back on the water again. Um, and then the other thing about me is um, I've started writing so I've, I've never done writing before um, and I've published three articles now and um, all on British Canoeing website now and it's really about how I got into uh, stand-up paddle boarding, my journey, mm-hmm. um, getting into coaching and then becoming qualified so they all exist
1: online. And please share those links. Uh, I'd like to learn more about you. And so will my audience. And I think that, that uh, after this podcast, that would be a, a great resource to learn more about. She Paddles is the organization that you're, you're an ambassador for there?
0: Uh, no, it's for British Canoeing, which is our national governing body. Um, mm. And so it's like a, um, a, sec- a, a bit of what British Canoeing do, British canoeing do to um, encourage women to get into paddle sports. Yeah.
1: And what was your motivation to get into paddle sports? So unlike some people that you work with who may be whitewater boaters or, or whatnot, how did you find yourself on moving water on a board?
0: Okay, so um, I, I had, as, as a kid, I'd been really sporty. And I had, you know, I was the tomboy. I was the person up the tree. I was, you know, always on my bicycle. I was camping. I was rock climbing and abseiling. And I did all that. Um, and then you know when I finished high school I like so many women just stopped I went on to further education and I didn't do any more sports Um, and then I had my son um, and um, it kind of reminded me of the kind of fun stuff I did when I was a kid Mm -hmm. and that was a real motivation so um, I started introducing him to some of these things and you know we would be doing a lot of things together and now he is coming up thirteen, and um, so he's really into uh, you know skateboarding and surfing, and he does a bit of paddleboarding as well. Um, and uh, snowboarding is his big thing. So now he's asking me to come with him, which is really cool. But he beats me every time, you know. He's really good. <laughs> so, um, but it was through him that I got into paddleboarding. So um, we had this plan to go on holiday and we were going to go to the south of France. And uh, I'd seen one of those, you know, those tourists things, you know, you've got like a lazy river trip on a sit-on top. Sure. And I thought, oh, it'd be great, you know, take take my son on this, except I didn't know how to paddle. And I thought, well, rather than going to kind of carnage with a small child, um, I think he was about nine years of age then, um, on this this uh, boat, I thought, well, I'll go and try out some, some paddling. So we went off to, to Nottingham. And these kind of pay and play sessions, you know, you book a, a, a sit on top for half an mm-hmm.
1: hour.
0: Mm-hmm. And there we are paddling on this lake. And we were, after about 15 minutes, we were getting a bit bored. And it was like, sure. oh. and my son's going, can we get off now, mum?" And I was like, no, no, I paid for half an hour. Come on, let's keep paddling. <laughs> and these girls came on and they had these boards. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they were paddle boards. I'd never seen them before, I'd never heard of them. And my son was transfixed, absolutely transfixed, and he was like, Let, "Let's just try it." So we went back and managed to to swap our our sit-on tops for paddle boards, and the next, you know, hour my son spent the whole time working out how to jump off these these boards and spin them around and do all those amazing things that kids do. Yes. And I- a serious adult trying to work out how to stand up without falling in and not be knocked off by my son. And and that's how I got into paddleboarding. So um the next thing I do is I I, I buy a, a paddleboard, of course, and I am <laughs> doing flat water and I'm paddling along and like this is good. And I, I started going to a women's group and um and then I started getting a bit bored with the flat water sure. and I was paddling a lot of my own. I didn't know anybody else who paddled. Um, and then um, uh, a good friend of mine, um, Beth Kirby, she she, came, she was said to me, hey, there's this guy, he does white water. What's up? And I'm like, okay, okay. okay. I didn't really think about it. Anyway, I ended up going to a local kayaking store, and guess who works at the kayaking store? It's Barry Hughes. We get talking, and I'm saying to look, I, I need to get some gear, because I want to paddle in the winter, and I don't know what to wear, what do you, what do you wear? And um, and through this conversation, I suddenly get an invite to go on to the white water. So I rock up a few weeks later and now we're in the winter. So, you know, the, the white water course is lit, it's flood lit because we, we have to paddle in the evenings. So we always meet on a Monday night. And so it's dark and this water is roaring and I'm standing there shaking. And <laughs> <laughs> and it was—I look back on it. I mean, it was—it was bonkers, really. But I mean, him and this other great, great whitewater paddler, Rob Edgar, they were so kind. They just you know showed me how to stand on I, board. I didn't even know how to to read white water, Paul. You know, it was. Mm-hmm and it's just this roaring water and me on this board and and then i'm not on this board i'm swimming and then i'm hauled out the water by Barry and put back on this board and then i'm swimming again and a whole night it was carnage i could tell and you're you wearing
1: helmets and all this bulky <laughs> yeah. probably dry suit and you're this isn't what yeah. i signed up for <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it took about 2 months i like go every week we would repeat the same you know situation i'd be swimming again and then suddenly just before christmas um i suddenly got it and i was suddenly standing on my board and i was going down the last section of this white walls course and it was amazing absolutely amazing and oh the buzz and it was, it was now December, so it was so bitterly cold. Mm-hmm. And I was knocking ice out of my hair. It was that cold, you know. And I got off the water, and I was just so thrilled. And that was how I got into whitewater paddleboarding. And that was four years ago.
1: So, One, yeah. so yours is a similar story to mine. Once you get in moving water, it's hard to, to go back to flat water unless you're just training.
0: Yeah, absolutely, yeah.
1: And, and the, <laughs> the, the, the Nottingham whitewater course, of course, is an artificial park
0: yeah yeah it's um it's uh situated pretty much central to nottingham um it's called it's called the national uh water sports center um and um it's basically a country park that has different training areas um and so the white water course um is fed by the river trent um and um uh and feeds back out back into the river trent so it's like a uh, you know, it's a compressed bit of tough river paddling, basically. Sure. Um, kind of great, moves between grade one to grade three, you know, when the, when the water's really coming fast. I think sometimes it can kind of age towards a four, but between a two and a three,
1: majority of it. And right now you said it's flooded.
0: It has been, yeah. We've had um, incredible flooding um, over the winter. So I think October was, mid-October was the last time we were really on the, the course. We had all this flooding. It looked like a lake. Um, February, that was when I went to do my assessment for my um, coaching qualification. And we literally got a space of a, a day. And then the waters rose again. It was, it was extraordinary. So, um, and then, of course, you know, um, with lockdown now, we, we're not on the course again. So it's been a bit of an odd year, paddling-wise, for... Water, but we have been off. You know, we've been elsewhere. We have other rivers around, so we do get on a bit of that when they haven't been flooded out as well.
1: Most artificial parks, at least here in the United States, um, and like there's a big one in Oklahoma City, and of course the 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 Whitewater Center in North Carolina. They're concrete. They're constructed. They have pillars. They don't really have anything that resembles nature. So it's, it's great to know that yours actually is a dynamic, real environment so that it translates well when you are on other river trips. Outside of Nottingham, where do you paddle?
0: So we've, we're pretty close to Derbyshire. Um, so it's about an hour by car. Um, and there's a, a, a lovely, lovely bit of river Um and it's in Matlock Bath. Isn't that a great name? It's the River Derwent. Um, and uh, there's, a, there's a little bit sp- you, you drive into. It's called Artist Corner. You park up there. And there's this fantastic little wave. You may have seen photos of me sitting on my board. And um, that's the wave. And it's just nice. You know, it's one of those there's, there's nice padding places where you can go with friends. It's got a, it's got a slalom section further down. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, it's a space you can just hang out and just chat. I think, you know, had the biggest, biggest giggles there, really, on that wave with, um, with the guys from, um, you know, Nottingham. Um, and then we also head over to North Wales. Mm-hmm. So, North yeah. Wales is a couple of hours' drive from here. Um, and that is uh, just a really nice, nice river, very popular river, actually, over there. Um, And we have a, you know, every year there is a Whitewater Festival there first paddleboarders. That's well attended. That's been going, I think, about three years now. Um, And that's run by a guy called Anthony Ng and his wife. Um, So that's a big kind of national get-together of paddleboarders. So Mm -hmm. I suppose those are the
1: two that we, we tend to move between. And remind me, you said it's an event. What is the event?
0: Um, so it's a whitewater festival um, uh, for SUP, and um, it was originally it was um, a group of whitewater SUP paddlers who used to get together each year, um, and it's developed into now this two-day event. And um, they do on the first day they do SUPEX, so racing. Uh, on the river and um, and then the second day they do clinics and um, there's a river run as well you can do. And then of course there's a big party on the Saturday night.
1: <laughs> of course there's a party, you have to celebrate. <laughs> I have the impression that there's a, a fairly large community of, of river paddleboarders in England, is that true? I think,
0: I think in terms of flat water, yes, it is very, very large, uh, very popular and still growing. Um, White water is still quite niche mm-hmm. but again there's a huge amount of interest so uh, one of the things that I organize each year is um, what's called the Dart Loop and um, this is a, a bit of water that um, we go to over in uh, Dartmoor National Park so that's further down south in the UK. Um, and we. You know, I advertise it once a year, it's a weekend again of river running over two days, um, and this year we had 16 paddlers come in all, mm. so that was a really, really, really big event for us. Um, in terms of meets at Nottingham on a Monday night, we probably average around about 12 um, each week. Um, and then there are there's a, a Scottish scene developing as well. So it's growing. It is really growing. It's really exciting.
1: It is exciting. And when I was in England and met Louise for the first time as we were paddling in Austria in Slovenia on an organized trip with uh, Davide Satori, mm-hmm. uh, I had the impression that Europeans, at least European paddlers in that region, the Julian Alps, um they really think that river paddleboarding is the future for river sports. During the snow melt, they'll be in their kayaks and running more technical whitewater. But during the rest of the summer and throughout the rest of the year, when the water levels are a little bit more benign, they're on their boards. Yeah. Uh, we were on a river with 30 paddleboarders, literally 30 paddleboarders of really decent quality. And in the United States... Um, at the most on any given day a handful of paddlers so it was great to see the enthusiasm for river paddle boarding in Europe and it sounds like in the UK it's as it's, it's growing as well yes. and you're one of three certified instructors in the entire country
0: yeah isn't that cool <laughs> uh,
1: what's that process tell us about the process of the the in you called it the United Kingdom Canoe Association
0: um British Canoeing, um, British canoeing. so yeah so British Canoeing adopted um, stand-up paddleboarding. I guess it's around about two years ago under their umbrella. So you know they represent kayaking, canoeing, um, uh, yeah, all the general, all the paddle sports. Um, so it was really exciting when they they took on paddleboarding, and then um, they have been working with a lot of um, really great people who have been writing their syllabuses for. Um, different types of qualifications you can get, and so last year it rolled through that we do um, sub water coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so you do a you do like a two day orientation, and then you have to put together so many hours practice of supporting students, um, and you have to you know record those hours. You have to write a, a study of one of your students and submit it. And then you have to do, uh, um, you know, kind of like a three to four hour um, assessment you go through. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's the process, really.
1: A complicated, deliberate <laughs> and uh, committed process. Yeah. And congratulations for, for being at the top of that list. Remind me of the, the, the Facebook group that you administer.
0: So I, I do Nottingham Whitewater SUP, along mm-hmm. with Barry Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have Whitewater Sup UK, which is the, I suppose, the national one.
1: Mm-hmm. And I've seen on those that you do leash drills and training and experiment in a safe way the different places to put leashes. And I think that's great, complicated and and uh, very enlightening training. What do you think of those leash drills?
0: Oh yeah, yeah. So you're you're talking about the the one that Barry did. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh no, God! Oh, so so important. Um, so you know, uh, as in as in like in the US, you know, constant discussions about leash, where to wear them, what how they should be constructed. Um, big big, yeah, huge developments going on in the UK um, with different companies um, kind of remodelling them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I reckon probably every five months, you know, you 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 change your your leash again, um, the latest model, and um, sure. Um, yeah, so I think I think it's it's so essential because I mean I've noticed this with the White Water Up in the States, so the Facebook page, a lot of discussion about the safety there as well. Um, you know, we're going to get with river surfing. We are starting to see people coming off from the you know the sea, jumping on their boards on the rivers. Mm-hmm. And just starting to see images now popping through of people who are not dressed correctly, um, not using leashes. And so, you know, the, the sooner we can have those discussions, you know, whether it's, um, you know, somebody who's, who's a, a kayak paddler who's come over to try with us for the first time over at Nottingham, or it's, uh, you know, somebody completely new to paddling, is that discussion about, you know, how we wear our leashes, how we release them, when we release them, etc. where we put them, you know, where, where, to the point where you, you know, where you put them on your, your body, etc. because, you know, there still seems to be quite a lot of belief that, you know, putting them around your ankle, or around the, the upper part of your leg is okay, and so those discussions need to be had, and,
1: and that's cool. In the Nottingham, uh river course, is there surf waves that shortboard surfers, ocean surfers could ride? Or is it typically kayakers and paddleboarders in there?
0: So yeah, at the, um, so actually on the, the whitewater course itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have um, right at the top, um, there's a it's what's called inlet wave, and they can reconfigure it slightly, um, and that changes the, the flow, so you get a really nice scoop there, and you can paddle there. Um, there are also some much more dynamic waves further down the course which are really tough to get on to but it is it is possible to paddle I haven't done that yet I have mm-hmm. to put hold my hands up there that's that's Barry's thing he's, he's really good at that um, and um, and there's also some small waves right at the bottom of the course that you know you can pop on as well and and, and practice so yeah bit a bit of that as well um, it's been quite a it's been quite a challenge um, i i mean i get the sense in america that you guys have quite a lot of access to whitewater parks is that correct as, as, as paddle waters
1: we have wonderful natural flowing rivers that are dynamic and will build natural waves uh, as the rivers increase or decrease uh, colorado has so many whitewater parks i think they have 13 to 15 parks and a park could be simply a, a man-made feature in the middle of the river that creates uh, a consistent wave or it could be something really developed like in bend where i live you have hydraulics that uh, increase or decrease the wave power and and whatnot and then of course like the the, the oklahoma city and the north carolina charlotte uh, whitewater centers which are complete constructed uh, environments where uh, you could bring rafts and and whatnot. Um, and in 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 Auckland, not in the United States, but in Auckland, New Zealand, they actually have a thirteen foot uh, waterfall that uh, that uh, <laughs> that rafts could go down as a part of their their construction. So whitewater parks are developing, and they're very unique in in many ways. But the the whitewater parks, I think, in Colorado has really made it a popular sport. And for uh-huh. the most part, those parks are for surfing. So you do have boaters, you have shortboard surfers, and you have paddleboarders. And with those different demographics, you have different perspectives of, actually, uh, the, the certain responsibilities for playing. And if you do come from an ocean or a normal surfing background, you tend to, to have the concept that you don't want flotation and uh, you, you want to be able to swim as best as you can. So when you're wearing a PFD and a dry suit and a helmet and this big buoyant paddleboard, that's not really considered surfing for some people. That's just yeah. floating. Uh, yeah. But if you, if, you, if you start like me with a downriver perspective, you look more like a rafting guide or a kayaker. And so yeah. you, in that, you initially have all this gear that makes you look like a river person. So I was just talking with Brittany Parker in my last podcast, and she's really uh, encouraging people to be on the river safely. But she also comes from that background of being a a raft guide, so she knows the proper gear. So the conflict between the ocean and river surfer versus the river running enthusiast is creating this controversial, this maybe unnecessary controversy, but it is a controversy and it remains. And that leash that leash will always remain at the the core element of the controversy. If you have one at all or where you wear it. So,
0: yeah. Yeah. So um, I I think here, you know, majority of uh, paddlers who do whitewater sup come from a kayaking background. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we very much are helmets, PFDs, Mm -hmm. you know, leashes, et cetera. And, And that's the message that is being sent out is that's, that's how we, if we're going to be on the river, that's how we do it. We have a, we have a whitewater safety rescue course that subspecific sub-specific as well through British Canoeing, um, and you know this has been written by uh, a fantastic uh, whitewater sub coach over in North Wales, Anthony Inge, who I mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. um, and you know very much is. Uh, you know, it's based from whitewater safety and rescue for kayakers and, and canoe. Um, so that 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 is our that's where we come from um, most definitely. Um, and I, the reason I was asking about the um, whitewater parks in the states is that in the UK it's still very new to get to be allowed to go onto the whitewater parks um,
1: mm. At, so, with a paddleboard.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it was only I think a couple of years ago that we got the official OK to go to be on uh, at Nottingham, um, and it had been quite a not not a battle, but a lot of discussion um, Barry had ha- have had to have to um, to be allowed to start paddling on the course, mm-hmm. and a lot of careful negotiation. Um, Cardiff is another white water course that allowed. Uh, paddlers on, white water paddlers on for a period, then they got very worried by all the falling off um, and they stopped it for a while, but I believe they, you know, caded again. Um, And the other place that we can go to is the Trueran in North Wales, um, which is uh, much more of a a natural, uh, created park. Um, but those are the only three to date. Um, so, you know, it's kind of interesting. I was, I was reading about um, the uh, history of snowboarding mm-hmm. and the, the amount of work that had to go on to allow snowboarders onto the slopes and how they get chucked off and they, they appear somewhere else. And, uh, and, and it feels like that sometimes, I think, in the UK, you know it's 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 still developing
1: (laughs) well you said your son influenced you to get into paddling and he comes from a you know a skateboarding background or whatever so maybe that 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 rowdy background of okay i want to play by my own rules and 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 use an artistic creative way to to explore your athleticism is a part of river paddleboarding maybe it is uh, yep. And of course, skateboarding was my background as a kid. So, mm-hmm. and and the imagery that I make today has been influenced by uh, skateboarding and, and snowboarding. So, I don't think skiing would exist anymore if it wasn't for paddleboarding. So, or sorry, I, I don't think skiing would exist if it wasn't for snowboarding. Uh, mm-hmm. It really helped the industry grow, and maybe river paddleboarding will help the river industry grow. Who knows?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Who who do you see getting into? River paddleboarding in the UK. What's the general demographics? Women, men, boaters, people who have never paddled before. In general, who do you see getting on boards on a river at least?
0: Really, really mixed here actually. A lot of women, a lot of women are really interested in it um, who have paddling backgrounds. Or some other water sport background. We see Um, we're not getting a lot of young people uh, at the moment. Um, So and a lot of guys, a lot of guys. Um, We get a lot of people who are, I suppose, the older age range. Mm -hmm. So you know, kind of mm, late thirties, early forties onwards, who are just really, really excited by the whole the whole thing you know mm-hmm. um so yeah it, I, I think i think demographically we, probably it is the kind of yeah later late 30s early 40s which I need to hit
1: so it's similar here in the united states what i've found that um the the men who are getting into river paddleboarding are in their 40s typically who have some sort of river background and they're looking to still be on the river but a boat has hurt their back and they can't do it or they've had a a traumatic experience that just prevents them from doing things that they've done on the river before and they're just looking for different perspectives or wanting to make class two and class three fun again. And I found that the women who are getting into it may not have had river experience before, but are mountain bikers or backcountry skiers. Uh, in their 30s, they're looking to get a new sport and be creative and, and uh, still be exploring. So, uh, and, and we're finding that in most clinics and organizations, the people who are taking those are enthusiastic women. So if you look at the statistics, r- women are what's making river paddleboarding grow in the United States.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's interesting you say that, Um, uh, Beth and I are going to be running a couple of clinics that are for women only, Um, kind of a consultation process really, because we're we're really interested to see how we can open it up more to women, Um, and again this comes under the She Paddles ambassador Mm -hmm. role, and I put a post up on a, a women's paddling group. Um, just say you know we're looking for six women with a uh, kayaking or a canoeing background, and six women with a flatwater suck background. And it took, no joke, it took forty minutes, and the clinic was full. Perfect.
1: And it, Perfect. I, you
0: know, there we go. I think that says it all, really, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> doesn't it? it? It it really does. It really does. Yeah. Uh, and whatever reasons that are, uh, th- those are. Um, and may- and this is <clears throat> maybe this is this is a stereotype uh, of the differences between men and women is is a is a very complicated issue, but. I see guys getting on a paddle board and they're like, oh, I could, I could run whitewater. I could definitely I know how to read rivers, so I'll just stand on this board and call it good. Well, that's a you're not setting yourself up for success because standing on a on a board is different than sitting in a boat through a river. And so they fall off, they confirm the fact that it's a stupid sport and and don't continue. Where the women that I meet, they're like, "Well, I want to learn the fundamentals. I want to learn the technique." It's a clearly, it, I think women just in general are smarter than men. Like I, <laughs> they say I want to learn how to do it, so they go through the 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 fundamentals and they they do it often a lot better than the the brawny guy who who just can't do it and calls it stupid afterwards.
0: <laughs> I, I I think you know you, you see a real difference between the. The, the men and women as well because you know a lot of the men are, are, are really strong you know especially the guys coming from paddling backgrounds or another sport and you know they muscle their way through the water and mm-hmm. uh, with the women you know it becomes we can't do it we just we just don't have that brawn so you know mm-hmm. we have to really learn the technique we have to yeah a lot of hard work if we want to pull off the same manoeuvre. Um, but I think ultimately that makes us a better paddler. Sorry, guys.
1: <laughs> oh, it's true. It, it's very true. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys. And I remember as a climber, I, I used to instruct climbing, and there was the statement "climb like a girl," which meant lose use your legs, use your balance, use your 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 mental focus as opposed to just your upper body strength and. And, and brawn and so maybe there's a similarity in river paddling uh, on a board it's sure. like you know paddle like a girl have your low center of, of gravity and make sure you're having fun Yeah, <laughs> it's not a well, competition <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely i think that is ultimately the key message isn't it this is about having fun because at the end of the day if you step back we're trying to do something quite daft aren't we we're trying to make a board react on moving water at great speed <laughs> <laughs> um it's just got. it's just a ton of fun at the end of the day yeah
1: <laughs> what do you recommend for people getting into the sport what are your uh, few principles to set them up for success
0: i think get you, you want to get good foundations in place you know if you want to really enjoy it you've got to be You've got to go, go get, get an introduction to Whitewater SUP. Go find a good person to instruct you or a peer group, you know, like Nottingham water SUP. Um, and just get them to show you those basics, you know. Get those really nailed. So um, it doesn't have to be much about the Vanessa paddle strokes at that stage. It's really about learning to read the white water, being safe on the water, know what gear to, to use and find some good people, some good, fun people who are better paddlers, more experienced, who will just guide you. And Mm. God, if you can find that group of people, that is just the best. Um, And get a white water safety and rescue course in place. Uh, Yeah, go do that. Um, So you can be as safe as possible. You know, it's a a dynamic environment. It can be dangerous at times. and you know what? I kind of think about this a lot. I think this with flat water stuff as well. That um, you know, if you're doing flat water and you're going down a, you know, what we call a like a lazy river, you may come across a bit of moving water. So you know, go go learn a few bits of foundations of, uh, of flat water. Make a better paddler on flat as well. So you know, it's great stuff. Great stuff. So yeah, I think that would be my kind of recommendations. If you want to get into the
1: sea. It's great recommendation. Meet friends, get the proper training and explore your your possibilities. Do you yeah, have any and,
0: and, and, and don't don't get put off by all these photographs of these, you know, folk doing these huge waves and these big drops and all that. Don't don't go for that. You know, you can have as much fun on a little wave, you know, grade one, grade two. It's it's cool, you know.
1: Do you have any trips planned? Are you uh, going to Wales? Are you going to the continent of Europe for any of your uh, near future paddling? COVID Uh, aside.
0: COVID aside, yeah. Um, I think at the moment it's going to be, I'd really like to develop a bit of a coaching business myself. So I'm going to be focusing on that. Um, Yes, I will be heading off to North Wales. It's where I go to see my coach. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of, you know, knocks out all those bad habits I have uh, developed on the water. So I'll definitely be going off to see Anthony very soon. I hope. And um, yeah, going abroad. I don't know, Paul. You know, we've got this big climate change thing going on. I'm kind of getting a bit, kind of like, very on an airplane these days. Um, I think you know, with having a child, you you think about those things a lot. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of being trying to be as Green as possible in regards to where I travel, where I go, where I paddle. You know, so that's kind of that's a kind of a big thing I'm thinking about at the moment.
1: That's a great consideration, and hopefully, COVID and the quarantine is a is it an experience that people could reevaluate their perspectives and their life choices. I interviewed a, a Canadian paddler uh, who, uh, Shasta McCoy, who said the party's over and it's time to wake up and be a little bit more sober with our choices and, and our activities. And and I think that hopefully that's a reality with so many people anxious to get out and yeah, do think, normal things though.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I mean, there is there is a big, it's big, isn't it, in, in the whitewater world? You, you chase rivers, be it you know, in your own country or abroad. And yeah. um, wow, amazing, but you know, if you can have a ton of fun in your local river, isn't that just a ton of fun you're chasing?
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> to be honest, so uh, you know, we we have to, I think, boundary ourselves a little bit for 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 a while. Let's let's have a planet that we can go paddling in, rather than you know, live for the moment. I think that's that's what I would say.
1: <laughs> and it's a it's a great statement. I mean, that's I think probably the the words of. Of optimism that we have live for the moment and you know save the planet
0: yeah yeah definitely
1: <laughs> and, and I feel bad too because you know I, I drive around this big van and I really focus on on travel including international travel you know I'm a, a rolling stone and always have been uh living the bachelor lifestyle looking for the next thing whatever that is but keeping it local Staying in a community, of course, is kind of what uh, the COVID quarantine is is broadcasting. So, and where I am here in the Wenatchee River in in central Washington, the person I'm with, Alan Pace, he's all about this one river. He's certainly yeah. been to other rivers, but he'll paddle several laps in a day. Uh, he plays, he knows the river really well, and he can't really think of any other place he would want to be than his local river a 10-minute drive away. So that's the same principle you have, maybe.
0: Yeah, I think so. And, you know, so important, isn't it, is that community that's around that river. So if you've got a great group of friends that you're paddling with and you regularly paddle together, that's what keeps you going, isn't it? You know, paddling on your own, yeah, it's okay to a point, but that community having that community around you is so core to to rolling forward with this with this sport that's that's what i think so yeah find your community have a ton of fun
1: be local (laughs) (laughs) there's our words there's our words of optimism from emma love i think that'll be the podcast episode emma uh we're at 40 minutes we've gone a little over the time hopefully you don't mind (laughs) i appreciate your voice so uh i think we're going to wrap up there do you have any other things to say? Anything else to say?
0: No, I think I've imparted all my words and wisdom today, Paul.
1: <laughs> well, I look forward to paddling. Hopefully we will get to, to paddle. It will require some traveling to do that. But uh, that is something that I look forward to. The United yeah. Kingdom is a place I haven't been to since the 90s. Uh, and yeah. during that time, I was in Oxford and I was punting down the little river. So yeah. my first stand-up <laughs> on, a, on a boat experience was in Oxford. Uh, and, and punting has gone a long way now. I, I, I'm a single-bladed paddler on river so I look forward to, to meeting you soon and thank you for introducing yourself to my audience have a great day Emma All
0: right. nice to talk to you Paul take good care